Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. Hey guys, what is up? Happy Monday. Kara and I are back here today with another special guest for you guys. So we've been really excited about this one. For those of you who do not know our guest, you're about to, you're about to, and you're going to be really, really, really into it because I think one of his biggest talents is speaking and the ability to just impact a room. So podcasts are a really cool way for him to get inside many rooms at one time. And that person we were talking about today, we have brought up on this podcast. I feel like Almost every episode. <laughs> Probably actually. every episode. Yes. We have, yes. we are your hype squad. Jason. We are, we are the hype squad. Yes. So yeah, we got Jason Phillips here with us. He is Kara and I's business mentor, friend, and just all around badass in fitness and business. He was around in this coaching space long before most of our familiar faces were even old enough to be doing this. So sure. he is here to share some wisdom with you guys about kind of how he got from where he started to where he is now, both in his fitness journey and as a coach and now a coach of coaches. So welcome, Jason. I feel like that was a really, really polite way of calling me old as well. Um, <laughs> Kylie. No. I am really old, so that's okay. He's not you are old. not. It's always an honor. It's so crazy. I mean, when you guys say that, I think about all the experiences I have in this space and every now, you know, like whenever we all get to, to get together, your story time inevitably comes out for everybody, right? Like it's just yep. like you do when you go with your friends, you tell stories. I'm like, Jesus, I have way too many stories, which means I'm just way too old. But that wisdom. Yeah, it is wisdom. Um, we try to make it wisdom. We try to make sure that it can be shared with people to continue to pay it forward. And I think that's what we're doing here. And that's what I'm always excited about these opportunities for. You know, like Kylie mentioned, I, I do I love to be on stage. I love to present to people. I love to impact people. And anytime that I get the opportunity to do this, I'm grateful. So I appreciate you guys having me and excited to, <clears throat> excited to chat. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And I will say that Kylie's been to a few of Jason's events. I just, for the first time, went to my first one after I hired him as my business, my business mentor and seriously blown out of the water, like the best event I've ever been to. And if you guys ever get a chance to go to one of his impact events, please go because it is just such an incredible experience. And he is, he's such a a freaking amazing speaker. And like you leave that room with a fire lit under your ass. So super, super amazing. Let's make this really fun. At the end, I'll give away my cell number, like my actual cell phone number. And the first 10 people that text me, I'll give them a free ticket. Next one. There it is. Hell yeah, you guys. If you do not take that opportunity, you are a psychopath. (laughs) Yeah. If we have any coaching friends listening to this, you're really a psychopath. But even if you're not, if you just have any kind of goal or direction, especially like with your career, you can get value out of these events, I think. So um, take advantage of that. And the next one is in Nashville. So you're coming to my stomping ground. So double win. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Well, Jason, so we really wanted to ask you about your own journey. And I know that this is something that, you know, Kylie and I have heard a lot about, but our listeners don't know much about you and your background. And I think you have a really powerful, powerful story of, you know, where you started with your fitness journey, then getting into the business aspect of things and all of those details in between. So kind of tell us a little bit about where you're coming from here. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I look at where I am today and I'm super fortunate. I get to lead a lot of coaches that are now impacting individuals. And prior to that, I was the one um, that was coaching and leading individuals. And I was the one 18 years ago that needed a coach and I needed to be led. And for me, the age of 18 was an interesting time. You know, a lot of people, it's like you're graduating high school and you're going to college and you're partying and you're having fun. And the truth was for me, I spent the majority of nights sitting on the floor of my bedroom, my parents' house, either doing ab exercises or contemplating killing myself. And that was brought on by an eating disorder. I was an athlete and I played soccer growing up. I played for the US in 2000 and ended up transitioning over to playing golf. And I thought that was my, that was my future. I was nationally ranked in 2002. I swore up and down, I was just going to play pro golf. And 
I got injured after my senior year. I've never broken a bone in my life, but I somehow tore my labrum and I didn't lift weights. Like I always thought they were too heavy. Like I hated the whole fitness thing. I was somebody that was like, just give me a pizza. I'm good. Like, um, (laughs) and so it was a really, really odd time for me. Like I didn't have golf as an outlet. I had just gone through a breakup. I, I didn't have any identity. And so I was in the rehab setting and I started enjoying it. And around the same time, two really critical things happened. One is I was in Abercrombie and Fitch. And like, let me remind everybody, this is 2002. Um, <laughs> so like every teenager's like wet dream at that time is like, I want to be an Abercrombie model. Yeah, easily. Um, or date one. Oh, yeah, or date one. Right? <laughs> so for me, it was like, I wanted to be one so that I could be the guy people wanted to date. Right. So I was like, all right, well, this is dope. Like I was, you know, I was like, trying on clothes and I come out of the fitting room and this woman's like, hey, you should model for Abercrombie. And I was like, I was like, I'm a golfer whatever. I completely blew her off. And like, I went back in and I changed and I come out and I go to like the register and she's like, she gives me her card. And she's like, no, like, we'd love to fly you up to New York. Like we'd love to do pictures. And I was like, oh, shit, like this is really cool. And I was all excited. And as we're leaving the store, she's, she like said something and it like pierced me and I'll never forget it. And she's like, make sure you send pictures of your abs. And I was like, uh, okay. And like in my head, I was like freaking out. I'm like, dude, you realize I eat like cheeseburgers and pizza and fingers and like mac and cheese. Like that's all I eat. Like I'm like the all American kid. And so I was skinny fat. So I'm like asking everyone, I'm like, how do I get abs? How do I get abs? And you know, everybody's telling me like these different things. And like, you know, my rehab guys like give me ab exercises. And finally it was like my pediatrician who was like a family friend and he was like, come to the gym with me. And I went and he's like, dude, it's, it's just nutrition. Like just read all the magazines and watch what you eat and you'll have abs. So uh, being the OCD person I am, I like went and I bought every magazine. Like I think at that time it was like Muscle Mag, Iron Man, Muscle and Fitness, Flex, mm-hmm. Muscle Development, like you name it. Mm-hmm. I had stacks. Like I think my parents might've thought I was gay because like there was like <laughs> all these like covers of magazines. They're like, what are you doing? Like your life is radically changed. And so I had like all of these magazines in my room and I'm constantly like reading them and I'm like trying to figure out how to do this. But I was... I was definitely eating less. I was definitely doing more. And around that same time, I was at a football game, like a high school football game on a Friday night. And I'll never forget like walking. I can paint the picture for you right now. Like it's so vivid in my head. I was walking like with one of my friends and another friend and his dad walked by us and he's like, Hey, you've been working out. And I was like, yeah, I have. And I was like, all like excited for a minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He goes, you're losing some of that fat. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? In my head, he had just planted the seed that I was fat. Yeah. And like, I promise you, like this guy, like super Catholic, like nicest human being in the right. world, meant nothing by it, mm-hmm. but planted a seed in my head that I was fat. And so now you take this obsession to get abs with the notion that I'm fat and you have the perfect recipe for anorexia, right? Mm-hmm. Combine that with massive insecurity, having just like lost a relationship and, and you really have an obsessive compulsive series of actions that lead you in a rabbit hole that finds you 118 pounds at five foot nine. And it was one of the like lowest points of my life, man. I was lost. I, like I said, I mean, I sat on the floor of, of the bedroom contemplating ending it all multiple times. And that's my beginning, right? So here I am, yeah. a coach of coaches, and, and that's where it all started. Fortunately for me, it's really weird. Like one of the side effects was I couldn't stay awake after two o'clock, right? I had no hormone level. And so I just like, if two o'clock rolled around and there wasn't something for me to sleep on, like I'd just lay on the floor. Like it didn't matter. Like I had no energy. So I got a job opening up Gold's Gym from 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 11 a.m. And it was so cool because like all the guys would come in. And I was like, I want to look like that guy. And I want to look like that guy. And yeah. I remember I said to one of the trainers one time, I was like, hey, I want to look like that guy. And there was a bodybuilder and he was prepping for a show. So he was jacked and he was lean. And I was like, that's so cool. Like, how do I do that? And she's like, I train him and I do his diet. I was like, oh, like, would, would you do that for me? And She's like, yeah, of course. And so I was like, okay, great. What do I do? And she's like, you got to eat 4,000 calories a day. Mind you, like 118 pound Jason that like a one meal for me was like two rice cakes, like 30 calories. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. I, so like overnight I'm being told I get 4,000 calories. And for whatever reason, I put blind trust in this woman. Like I went to Barnes and Noble. I got a calorie (laughs) counting book. I wrote a 4,000 calorie meal plan and like went home and my mom was like, wait, you want to eat what? Like, Like, what are you doing? Who the fuck are you? Like, And and so I'll never forget, like I woke up the next morning and I'm like putting all this food together to go to work at five in the morning. And like, she's like, what is wrong with you? You know? And like three weeks later, I ate religiously 4,000 calories every day. And three weeks later, I'll never forget. I looked in the mirror and wow, I'm not fat. And I was like, this whole food thing, it's it's not that bad. You probably weren't exhausted at 2 p.m. Yeah. 
you know, the ramifications of the hormones were yeah. still pretty bad. Still, I definitely yeah. had some side effects, but I definitely felt better. Right. Uh, I was starting to enjoy training again. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I didn't really understand training to be totally honest at that point. Like, my idea of training was like, how many more intervals could I put myself through on the treadmill and then brag about it to everybody? Like, oh, I killed myself for two hours. Like, oh, yeah. that's what anorexics do. Like, they carry everything as a trophy. Yeah, it was, um, it was a very difficult time and very humble beginning. And, you know, everything I do today, like when I give a level one, the very end, I always say, my only ask of you is that you go out there and you serve 18 year old Jason and that there's never a need for Jason to become that version. And, and if each and every person that comes to our level one, even if they serve one person in their life and they make a commitment to serve at that level, then I feel like I'm doing the right work in this world. And that's really what drives me forward every day. Cause I don't, I don't ever want anyone else to have to go through what I went through because it was a really traumatic time. And to be fair at 36, I still carry some of the, the trauma with me. Yeah. I just posted about some of it yesterday, to be honest, but yeah, hopefully that gives the listeners a little bit of a background as to who I am and where I started. For sure. I think that's so powerful. And I think a lot of our listeners will really resonate with a lot of that. And I think it's also powerful to hear that for any of our listeners that are out there in our male audience. I think that that's something that's not talked about as much from you guys' perspective. And I think a lot of females can relate to that. And there's a lot of parallels there when it comes to just like the magazines or even transferring that now to like Instagram and things like that. But there are a lot of males that suffer in silence about this too. And it's really cool to like be able to see kind of your transition through that and where you are now. It's really incredible. And I love just, I think all of us, I think you actually, we bring this up all the time, uh, mentioned this at the PEC when you spoke there that you're like, all of us that are in this space are because like, we're fucked up or like, we've done all the bad shit and we just want to help you not do yes. that. So like that being your leading force though, is why we care so much about impact, mm-hmm. right? Is because we've, we've been in the worst of it and we don't want other people to go through that. I don't really think you can have the level of empathy or the connection needed to be a Mm-mm. good you haven't been through something. I think it's very difficult to understand the mindset of a frustrated dieter. It's very difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. On paper, dieting is so easy. It's eat less calories, create more output, some combination of the two, and it's really easy. And yet, if it was that easy, right? It is that simple, right? I think we can all agree it is that simple, but mm-hmm. if it was that easy, we wouldn't have an obesity problem in the world. And so exactly, if the simplicity of education is there, Clearly the missing link is in the application, it's in the connection, it's in the empathy needed on the side of coaches. And I just don't think that, I don't think you can acquire that. I don't think it's an acquired skill set that you can learn. I think it requires going through it. One of my former, um, Garrett White, in, he's in like the men's space and his product, so to speak, was like he would take you to Laguna Beach and beat the shit out of you for like a week. <laughs> and, and he would basically like remind you that like, this is the hell you're preparing to live in if you keep doing what you're doing, Right. If, if you keep neglecting your wife, if you keep neglecting your children, if you keep burning candle at both ends, like this is literally what you're setting yourself up for, for life. And, and he's like, if this is what you want, then don't make a change. But if you want to get out of this, then make a change. And only that experience can really help you understand the ramifications. And, and I would challenge every coach here to ask yourself, like, what experience have you done? And to yeah. put that on the extreme, like my good friend, Drew Manning, right? He got fat instead of a fat person. And like, kudos to him because I'm not going to lie. Like the body image that I would struggle with, is it's Mm -hmm. mind blowing. Could you guys imagine having to put on and go back to where you started from and do this all again? And I would not wish it on anybody. And because we don't wish it on anybody, I think that's why we're great coaches. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And that's something that I say all the time is like, I I struggled heavily with binge eating and it was binging and restricting. And that was kind of what I went through. And I see a lot of my clients go through the same thing, even if it's not true binge eating, but just like overeating and like that all or nothing mindset that Kylie and I talked about in the last episode. And with what you're talking about, Jason, like your friend who put on weight to have that mindset, it is so difficult. And like, for me, like I'm going through kind of the same thing with my body right now. I'm going through a lot of hormonal issues. I just came off birth control. I'm putting on some weight and it's fucking hard. And I literally like I was going back and forth in my head for so long. I was like, should I do this? Should I not? And at the end of the day, one of the biggest reasons why I came off of birth control is to be able to help my clients who go through that same experience and who are having these hormonal issues and these weight fluctuations and all this, because like, how can I understand if I don't go through it myself? How am I going to sit here and preach, listen, like this shit fucks you up if I'm still on it? You know what I mean? So, I mean, dude, I posted about it yesterday. You know, like (laughs) anybody that knows me closely knows that I only work like 80 hours a week and that I 
I literally, I, I jokingly say, but I, there's a lot of truth to it. Like I pretty much have just made a commitment that I'm sacrificing my life to help others. Like, and I say it and all, like, I, I always try to say it jokingly, but I think if you actually looked at what I do, there's a lot of truth to it. Um, oh, 100%. <laughs> like 100%. I, I don't take care of myself nearly like I should. And, and that's not, I don't say that in any way, like a positive. So I hope it doesn't come off that way. It's, right. it's 1 million percent a negative. And, you know, you get to a point in your life where sometimes you're, you're like, when will that change? Will it change? Should it change? And I know the steps that need to be taken for me to personally, physically, and physiologically be better, right? Mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not like emotionally, not like from a leadership standpoint. Like I think I'm always evolving there because I invest a lot there. But physically and physiologically, I know that I probably should eat like 2,000 more calories a day. I probably know I should train with way less intensity. I know I should probably prioritize sleep more. I should bring my caffeine consumption back. And yet all that goes through my head is, okay, I'm going to get fatter. I'm going to lose muscle, which Mm -hmm. means, okay, now I'm going to speak on a stage where I'm fatter and I have less muscle, which means now the stories that I'm telling myself are people are going to think I'm fat. People are going to think I'm not an authority. They're not going to respect me. Right. And so like, this is the inner dialogue that Mm -hmm. I'm going through. As someone has literally counseled tens of thousands of people on this and understands completely differently. This is my inner dialogue. And I, I shared it yesterday openly for like the first time. And, and a lot of people connected to it on social media, but the number of text messages I got was outrageous. And if you guys knew how many other reached out to me, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad you said something. Like it's mind blowing. And it's a very vulnerable proposition to have to look at yourself differently and to actively move your place to, it's interesting because I would say you're moving yourself to optimization, but in our heads, we're moving away from optimal because our definition of optimal is rarely aligned with what truly is optimal. And oh my God, so true. Yeah. And, and so it's like coming off birth control, that's probably a great thing, right? You're probably getting very healthy, but mm-hmm. in your head, optimal has a vanity component to it. And mm-hmm. so your navigation away from optimized vanity into actual true optimized health is a mind fuck and it's very difficult to take. And so my journey away from optimized vanity into optimal health and to maximal performance from a lifestyle perspective, it's such a mind fuck. And here I am at 36 years old. I don't know if I'll ever actually do it. Like, and I'm being very open and honest. I don't know if I will undertake it. Maybe when I retire, like I'll hire somebody and make (laughs) them like hold me, but I don't know if I'm ever going to retire. Like I love the game. Yeah. I don't know. It's so weird. Like it's such a connotation. I think that's super powerful though and really important to share because I needed to hear that. So (laughs) thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For that. I think a lot of our listeners too, like, you know, a lot of people that listen to this are Kara and I's clients or people that follow our pages that are, you know, kind of trying to get into this. And we've had this conversation a few times before in my own content. I know we've talked about it, but this people look at those in an authority role like this or people who are succeeding at this kind of thing. And I think they think that we all just like have it all figured out or that we don't have those days or that we don't struggle with these things. And it's like a double-edged sword, right? It's like encouraging, I hope, to know that like we still have those days like and that doesn't go away. And at the same time, that's kind of like, well, shit, I thought that if I got this together, that, like, that would go away. But like, I think the difference is that successful people like yourself and like Kara and I strive to be, we learn that better and how to pivot out of those situations rather than letting them kind of control you and bring you down. And I think that that's really a huge takeaway. But, you know, you touched on kind of how you got to this place of prioritizing all of these things and taking care of everybody else. So for those who don't know, we did mention that Jason is our business mentor. So he does coach coaches through business, but also you you coach coaches through actual like coaching education through the Nutritional Coaching Institute. So when you mentioned level one, these are like courses and things that you guys can have available to get certified to know your coaching shit and actually be able to apply it. I think that's the biggest difference in what NCI does. But Coming from where you just kind of were doing things like Kara and I, where you just coached clients one-on-one, then you built this entire empire. So what did that kind of look like? Because I know the amount of success that you have found, whether we're talking just impact-wise or we're talking about financial-wise, is astronomical to what some people could ever envision for themselves. And I think just that holds them back. And that's kind of what we brought Jason on here to talk to you guys about is he was speaking with Kara and I and a couple of our other uh, squad peeps at the Orlando event and just kind of 
talking to us about this you know, idea of like, you know, asking yourself, why not me? And it ended up being powerful that he went up on stage and was like, well, I just had this conversation 10 minutes ago. And now that's what I'm going to talk about. So and it Love stuck it. with us. So mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to hear from you about, you know, what were you aspiring to do or what kind of led to this shift to create these businesses and what you do now? And how did you get yourself there mentally? Yeah, let me unpack this a couple ways. Because I think it's really important for everybody to understand first that if you would have told me 12, 13 years ago that I would have everything I have today, I would have called you a liar, told you to fuck off, and I would have like crawled into like whatever hole I was in. <laughs> uh-huh. like, I, and I say that because if you start thinking about things on this grand scale, which I'm not going to say these things to be braggadocious in any way. I'm going to say them because they are facts. And so I hope they are taken that way. Like I own multiple companies that do multiple seven figures and, and I've bought, like I've started and sold seven figure companies. I'm massively like, I, I love what I do. I'm massively fortunate, massively blessed to have what I have. And, but if you would have told me that was ever the case, I'd have been like, you're a small town kid from nobody. I'm very like lower middle class, like not what's, what's built for me. Right. So I say that because tackle one thing at a time right? Like mm-hmm. don't try to create this massively grand scale, just win what's in front of you. Now I'll rewind you. And I told you I was really good at golf, but I didn't ultimately turn pro in golf. But let me tell you the backstory to that is I didn't pick up a golf club till I was 14. And the first time I went to the driving range, I think I missed the ball more than I hit it. I'm not naturally gifted in the sport, but I have a work ethic that says, why not me? And I picked up the golf club and I remember I left the range that day and I watched Tiger Woods on TV and I'm like, and like, that's insanity to say, but in my head, I was like, great, like whatever I have to do, I'll do it because he had done a certain amount of work to get to that level. All I knew was like the the gap, so to speak of where I was and where he was, was just work. And I'm never afraid of work. And then I never forget, like I did CrossFit for the first time in like 2011 and <laughs> this is probably like one of the worst things I ever did like publicly, but it is what it is. Like I left there and I was like, I'm going to fucking win the CrossFit games because I have a work ethic and I can beat Rich Froning. And so I remember I like emailed my list on Monday and I was like, Hey, by the way, guys, I'm going to win the CrossFit games in the next two years. And like, I secretly love myself for having the balls to do that. But then I look back and I'm like, wow, I was an idiot. Cause I think I got hurt before I ever even tried to compete, but that's a whole other thing. But I always look, so like I look at people and I look at like the now, like obviously my obsession is the business world. Like I look at the Warren Buffett's and I look at the Charlie Mungers and I'm like, great. Like I could absolutely do that. And I 1 million percent believe anything that is currently being done or anything that you desire to do, it can happen. And it's like, why not you? And the only thing that's actually holding you back is not your actions. It's the belief for you to finally take those actions, right? And I think so many people spend time looking for the action steps when in reality, if they just shifted their mindset to, I'm simply going to do it. And then they did whatever was in front of them, right, wrong, or indifferent, they would start moving themselves closer. You're not going to achieve it in an hour. You're not going to achieve it in a day. You're not going to achieve it in a month or a year. It's probably going to take some time, but if it's worthwhile and you truly believe you can get there, then you'll simply do the work. The work mm-hmm. doesn't get done because of lack of desire. The work doesn't get done because of lack of belief. And I think that's where everybody goes wrong, right? I used to do these one day events and I would bring people in and it was very small, intimate, like eight to 10 people. And I would say, I would go around the table and I would say, I want you to tell me like two things. Like, what is your business? You know, I would say like, what's the culture? What's the vision? I want you to tell me like, what's your financial outcome? What do you want out of this? How much do you want to make in a year? And everybody would be like a hundred grand, 300 grand. And then it's like every now and then I'd get like a million. And I like, I would get to the last person and I would look at them all and I'd be like, you're all so fucking full of shit. And they're like, wait, like what? And I was like, you're all full of shit. You don't only want 300 grand. You want way more than 300 grand. I promise you, you want more than 300 grand. And they're like, well, yeah, like I'd love like 30 million. I'm like, then why don't you fucking say 30 million? And it's because you don't want to be embarrassed in front of a group of people because you're afraid you're going to fail. Because mm-hmm. you actually are telling yourself that you won't get to 30 million. Why can't you be at 30 million? 30 million has been achieved. There are more billionaires today than there has ever been in this world. Like six figures today is not what it once was. Like that was a gold standard. Now it's like, not that much money to a lot of people. I still think it's a lot of money, but it's not that much money to a lot of people. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's always the frame that you create for yourself. And the beautiful thing about this life is nobody gets to tell us. Mm -hmm. So when you wake up in the morning, you create your own frame, you create your own set of rules, your own set of expectations, you create your own vision, you get to create your own action steps. 
And nobody has control over that except for you. We got to remember there's only two things in life that we ever, ever, ever have supreme control over. And that's our actions and our attitudes. And so inside of your attitude, you have to have an outlook that is positive. You have to wake up with belief. Then you simply need to take the actions that are in line with that attitude. We can't control if the weather outside is good or bad. We can't control if there's going to be a pandemic or there's not going to be a pandemic. We can't control who's president, right? Like us singularly. We can't control like the world state of politics or the climate or any of the things that we spend time bitching on social media about. But we certainly can control the way we respond to them and the way in which we subsequently act beyond them. And I think that's why I've been able to create at the level that I do. You know, I'll tell like everyone like one last story and I apologize for talking so much, but when the pandemic hit, I'll never forget, like everyone's retreating, everyone's retreating, like, everyone's contracting. And I've always been in this mode of like, you have to expand. And, and, you know, Garrett, like my mentor that I mentioned earlier, he always talks about the whole goal of life being to expand. And I was like, okay, I, I know I'm not supposed to contract, I'm supposed to expand. And so like, there's all this uncertainty. And so what did I do? I went and I invested. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give somebody like $60,000 to be a mentor. And I was scared shitless. And, but I was just like, you know, I, I got to do it. And I knew like in my head, I'm like, what's the worst that happens? I lose 60 grand. I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to be okay. And like, right after I did that, like I've told you guys the story, like there was a moment of calm that came over me. I was actually sitting like right here. There used to be like a rocking chair, like where I'm sitting and I was sitting in it and it's like 9.30 at night and like this wave of like calm came over me. And it was like, these words just came to my head and it was like, everything's going to be okay. The plan is for you to win. I think I believe that from the time I was four years old. Right when I first thought I could play for the U.S. in soccer, and I did. When I first thought I could turn pro in golf, and I did. When I first thought I could become a millionaire, and I did. And now, when I envision having a billion-dollar company, and I will, there's just nothing better, and there's nothing different, and there's no reason anybody listening right now can't do the exact same thing. That's so true. Oh my god, <laughs> the podcast is done. <laughs> That's it. That Mic was- drop. Seriously, that was absolutely amazing. And just so many, so, so many just important nuggets in there. And I think that one of the biggest things that you touched on is like understanding your attitude. I can't even fathom the amount of people out there who allow these little things in their day or the things that they just don't have control over to just determine the outcome of everything for them. And it just breaks my heart because it's like you like... People genuinely have this mindset of like, oh, well, if my day starts out like this, then the rest of my day is going to go to shit. You know what I mean? And it's like, they don't truly understand that you are fully in control. Even though you're not in control of everything else around you, you are in control of how you're responding to it. And that overall makes you in control of your life, you know? And I think... I'll give you a statement to get through that. mm -hmm. Everybody has to remember this. Like the one statement you have to live by is everything is my fault. Yeah. And so when shit Great. comes at you in life, you got to look at it and you got to say, okay, this is my fault. Where did I go wrong? And some of it very much could be, I just, I hadn't prepared myself for the worst. Okay, cool. So something is so bad and you just weren't prepared. Dope. So you'll be prepared next time. But exactly. what's going to make this better right now? Is it continuing to beat yourself up that things are bad or is it simply acknowledging the fact that you weren't prepared and that now you will become prepared and you will move forward? Yeah. Right? Like I promise you I've been through some shit. When it comes to business, guys, like I've been, I've been through some shit and I've learned that no matter how badly I want to be upset, the only things I control, how I feel and what I do. That's so true. I love that. And I love that this just can apply to whatever it is that you're trying to overcome or achieve. Like this doesn't have to be that you're building a million dollar business. It doesn't have to be that you want to be a coach. This, this can be your fitness journey. This can be something that you're getting through in your, like with your family or your relationship or just literally anything. And, you know, I just came across something today that I was planning to share somewhere in content, but it was kind of related to that. And it was just like asking yourself, like, did you really, we're so quick to just like have these bad days or have these days that we let unfold. And it's like, did you really have a bad day or did you have like 10 to 20 minutes where you let your undisciplined or uncontrolled thoughts like lead you to a bad vibe that then yep. you carried through your entire day? Like you are the one that runs this. So pay attention to it because how you think about it and how you respond in that first like few minutes of something that's like throwing off your day is going to control everything. Like I just before we were waiting on you to jump on was telling Kara about like catastrophic morning situation I had yesterday that I was like, 
panicking about. And there's a time in my life where that would have just like my whole day would have just been in a shit mood, like the whole rest of the day because of that. Like I got like basically stuck in my apartment complex hallway because I lost the key fob. So like it was like it to let me into my gym for cardio. And it's like what I needed to get into the gym and to like my keys. Like I left all it. So it's like 7 a.m. in my on a Sunday and I was just like locked between hallways like so I get back in to get my keys so I just like sat there waiting until somebody walked down this hallway oh, no. for three minutes like I didn't I, I had no choice and I would have been like crying and like yeah. the whole day would have just been like shit for me in the past and like I definitely panicked but I also just like I had my phone and I was just like texting somebody like laughing like I was just like yeah. what am I supposed to do and eventually you know somebody came by like so it figured it out and the rest of my day went on but huh. so many people just let that be the whole like their whole day will then just be like, oh, well, I just had a terrible day. And then now I needed to go, you know, instead of making my breakfast that fits my macros, I'm going to just go order something because fuck this. And, you know, I'm not going to the gym today because what a bad day I'm having, you know, and that's so easy to do. And it's so hard to acknowledge that that's your fault. Like, first of all, even just locking my keys in there was my fault. But even if we take that as just like an accident or like we let that go, every decision you make from there, even if this thing that wasn't your fault happened, like, that's now your problem. <laughs> yeah. Every, everything is within your control, man. I think that's one of the things that just the human race in general is so poor at is we just tend to give away control. Mm-hmm. Because like, I mean, we were born with control. Like even as children, like we need our parents to survive, but we are still in control to like receive that power. Right. Right. Like, I, I mean, you could extrapolate that all the way until the day that you die. But, you know, from such a practical component, like what we do as nutrition coaches, right? I think we could all agree most of our clients that have to like reverse diet, they hate that. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I'm not in control. I have to reverse diet. It's mm-hmm. like, well, let me remind you, the reason you have to reverse diet is because you destroyed yourself. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Nobody put a gun to your head and told you to starve yourself. Nobody put a gun to your head and told you to overstress yourself. You mm-hmm. put yourself in that position. And while I'm sorry that the correct path to recovering is the fact that you may have to gain some body fat, I need you to remember you put yourself in this position. And that's very difficult for so many clients to understand. But, you know, every single person that you ever imagine, I mean, you look at The Rock, right? Who we all, uh, I think everybody hails. I think he just talked about like running for president. He already had just like, lovable. <laughs> oh, easily. Yeah, everyone's like, I vote for him, right? He's just a good dude. But like there was a time, right? His production company called Seven Bucks Productions because his story is I had seven bucks in my pocket and I knew two things. One, I hated this. And two, I'm never going to experience this again. Yeah. And even he would tell you the reason I had seven bucks in my pocket and I was broke is because of things that I did. Mm-hmm. And I think any successful person you look at, you recognize they had extreme ownership of where they were and extreme ownership of what they were going to do. Nobody sat there and asked for a pity party and nobody asked for a handout to move forward. And I think so many of us right now in life, we look at, we want people to feel sorry for where we are. And, and that's, by the way, that's the only reason you ever throw a tantrum. It doesn't feel good to throw a tantrum. In fact, oftentimes it feels worse. Like physically, it actually hurts to throw a tantrum at times. But mm-hmm. you want the people around you to embrace and, and begin like living in the misery that you are supposedly experiencing. And so we kind of, we do that and then we don't lift ourselves up, right? We want somebody to pull us out. And, and I think that's, on the surface, I say that and we're like, wow, like that's some bullshit, right? Like that just sounds so ridiculous. But then look at our actions and we're like, wow, our actions actually align with that. And that's almost scary to think about, right? I think sometimes you look from like a 30,000 foot view. Tony Robbins is, is very good at bringing these things. And if you ever go to one of his live events or you, know, you watch his Netflix thing, he brings this to light in a very good way. Tony's a master. Yeah. But he brings it to light in a very good way. And he gets you to understand that. And by the way, it's the foundation of all things persuasion, right? Like when, if, if you're a coach out there and you're looking to sell or if you're a marketer and you're looking to convince somebody to take an action, the real methodology of, of everything we do is never telling people to do things. It's getting them to understand, accept, and own where they are, come yep. to their own conclusion of where they should move. And by the way, when you can illuminate that conclusion, chances are they will do it because they actually feel like they're the ones making the decision, not yeah. asking them to, right? And there's so much power inside of that. So I think for all the coaches that are listening to this, thinking about how can you empower your clients to feel as if the journey they are on is not one of you leading them, but one of you empowering them to lead themselves. And all of a sudden your clients will go through the roof. 
Yeah, that's something huge that I learned. And it took me a while into my coaching career to really learn that because before it was like, I always felt like I had to be that person who was just like giving it all away, like constantly answering questions and constantly giving the answers to my clients. And not that I'm not here to do that, but every single time, like, a client asks me something, I'm like, I literally flip it back on them. And I'll say like, what would you, if it's a situation where this works really well, I'll say, what would you do in my situation? What would you choose? Like, how would you handle this? And it really gets them to kind of see like, oh, well, I would do this. And I'm like, all right, then let's do that. And I just think it's so powerful. in, again, like you said, empowering them to make their own decisions, empowering them to, to be their own leader through this journey. We're really just there guiding them through, but they have to be bought into the fact that they got themselves here. So now they have to get themselves out of it as well. Yeah, I think that that's something I'm I'm trying really hard to shift as well. And it's hard mm-hmm. to not as a coach want to do that. And, you know, so hopefully, this, hopefully this helps with people who have coaches listening to this too, to understand where this is coming from. Because I think as a client, it can be frustrating. I'm sure sometimes where you're like, well, I'm paying you to like, tell me how to do this. But yes. what we are trying to do is set you up for life and to help this be something that you can apply without us. And if we always are just giving you the answers, you just execute that thing and then you move on from it. And then you aren't able to apply that lesson as if you had to kind of sift through it on your own. And I think that's really, really, really important because that's the goal, right? We don't want them to have to be our clients forever. You know, we have clients that want to stick for the long term because they just enjoy it. And I, I love that, but we don't want you to feel like you're dependent on us and you're going to learn and grow so much more from those difficult questions being asked and having you have to, like you just said, kind of switch the narrative and take control of it for yourself. It's just going to teach you so much more. And that is, I don't know, that's what's been really helpful to me about coaching is it's just somebody who kind of puts the ball in my court and then they're there to walk me through exactly how to do that. And if we think about this on any scale, even like as an avid supporter of like going to see seek therapy and things like that. Like my therapist has never told me what to do ever. Mm -hmm. They're asking you the questions to get me to come to those decisions. And I know that some people are like, oh, that's just, you know, that's the easy part of being a therapist. But I'm like, it's actually really hard to ask the right questions, Yeah, uh, you know, to get you to come to these conclusions. So if you're working with a coach and they're doing those kind of things, or they're asking you those kind of questions, like Kara just said, they're trying to improve you. We're not trying to deflect it to not help you or to be be like, we're too busy for this, but there's a purpose behind this and it's to better serve your growth. And we usually assume you hired us because you want to get better for the long term, not just right now. So, well, I think that, I think what we're talking about here is leadership and salvation, right? And I think that coaches have to look at, are we showing up as leaders? Are we showing up as saviors? Mm -hmm. And are clients looking for leadership or are they looking for salvation? Mm -hmm. And, I think the mistake of the new coach, right? Kara, as you said, when you were a brand new coach, is you try to be a savior. You try to save people from themselves. And in doing so, we actually are really shitty leaders. Mm -hmm. And what a good coach will do is they will lead you to the right conclusion. But the problem is most clients that lack any ownership in the journey will look towards salvation. The reason they do that is because then they also have a subconscious ability to create blame. And mm-hmm. so there's a subtle art, I think, of being a really good coach where in the beginning you can foster the environment leadership and you can remind them that this is a journey of leadership and I am not here to save you. And if you're looking for me to save you, we should just agree to part ways right now because that's, that's not what I'm here to do. You're going to have to do some work. But I think that that's really difficult for a lot of new coaches, you know, and not just because of, I mean, listen, the actions themselves are hard enough, but let's combine the role of finance inside of coaching Mm -hmm. because coaching is a career and we have to understand that. And so when we, we step into a new career, well, what are we inclined to do? We're inclined to people please. We're Mm -hmm. inclined to do whatever it takes to be a really good coach. (laughs) And that by the way, lives under the umbrella of salvation. And so we go in and we save and we save and you guys, I'm sure you guys remember in the very beginning, the first couple of clients you work with, there was probably some great ones, but there's probably some really shitty ones. And you guys are like, God, I'm so glad I don't have to work with that person anymore. (laughs) And it's not that person's fault. It's the fact that we set a really bad frame and, mm-hmm. and we created really poor boundaries. Yes. And mm-hmm. we, had, we did not communicate things, difficult conversations for fear of losing that client yep. because it would actually affect our business. And so like, that's another thing that I think all new coaches should be considering is like, are you doing things today to move your business forward? Or are you doing things to move the results of your clients forward? 
And I think that one thing I love about both of you guys, and I think this is why you guys are both so successful, is you value the clients so much. And I think that when you learn to frame that properly, you obviously build a really successful business. People don't buy individuals that can't create results, right? Like we understand that. So even if you're the best salesman and marketer in the world, if you don't create results, you're not going to have a business for very long. Mm-hmm, right. so I think fulfillment is a massive piece of that. But I also think initially some fear that goes into that fulfillment. And I think that we have to have to put that aside, but that's much easier said than yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like we covered so much here. Honestly, like so much value. And I think one of the, honestly, like one of my biggest takeaways is just understanding that, you know, for anything in life, you have to be able to look in the mirror and look at yourself and say, what have I done to get me to this place that I am now? Because again, it is your fault. Every single thing and every single action that you've take taken and, you know, decision that you've made has led you to this point right now. And now you have to understand, okay, what do I need to do from here to change it? Or what do I need to take action on today? And I think it's really important to understand that, yes, you 100% should have these bigger visions. You should be manifesting these things. You should have these long-term goals. But if you get so freaking caught up on the outcome, you are going to get so overwhelmed that you're never going to take action on what's right in front of you. So understand that like, if you don't take that first step, that outcome is never going to be there. And I think that's huge. You know? Can I go on one more little tangent about that? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. I think the biggest thing plaguing our world today outside of like the act or the sense of vision, the ability to create vision is the ability to tell the truth. Right. And it was once stated, I think Michael actually said this inside of something we were doing, but I'll never forget the line that he used everywhere you go, there you are. And I think that's so powerful because we all think that something is going to change our lives, a new set of tactics, a new blah, 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 right? A new program, a new coach, a new this, a new that. And it's like, if you continue showing up as the same person from coaching program to coaching program, tactic to tactic, you're going to get the same results. I don't care who's telling you to implement. So the fundamental truth of change is you but most people don't want to look in the proverbial mirror to create that change, right? It's so crazy. When you said the word mirror, it triggered this in me because the first, like we have a program called Coaching Mastery. When we coached it live, the first thing we made everybody do was they had to go on a walk. They had to think about like all of these things and they had to go and they had to sit in a dark room, no light, nothing. And they had to think about all the lies they've been telling. Right. And like all of a sudden, like when you remove all the other senses, right, you can't really hear. Like there's nothing to hear. There's nothing to see. The depth of thought is pretty crazy. And then we flipped the light on and we had a mirror in front of them. And they immediately had to record like a one minute video as to all the lies they were telling themselves. And like the emotion that came out was unbelievable. Because you start to realize, holy shit, I am where I am because of me. Not because I lack the knowledge, not because I haven't taken action, not because of this, but because I am a motherfucking liar. Right. And like, that's some scary shit. Think about how many difficult conversations you don't have. You're lying. You're just Mm -hmm. like, that's a lie of omission, right? Because there's lies of commission and lies of omission. That's just a lie of omission. Think about all of the effort, and I'm using air quotes for those that can't see me, all of the efforts that you've given, when in reality, like you didn't give an effort at all. Think about all the things you quote unquote bought that didn't work and it didn't do. And all of a sudden you start to realize everything comes back to you as a singular individual and the lies that you have or have not telling yourself. And I think that most people know me today to be a brutally honest person, but it's because I made a commitment in my life to always live in truth. Whether you want to hear it or whether you don't want to hear it, I tell you something it's always said with love. And it's because I want the best for each and every person I encounter. I think the hardest person we have a heart that we the hardest person that we tell the truth to is ourselves, but it's very hard to tell the truth to people we care about. Yeah. I think if all people made a radical commitment to truth and, and to no more lies, we'll be a different place. But one day at a time, one person at a time, we'll see if we can make that movement come to fruition. Yeah, for sure. That's super powerful. And I think that it's so important. I have my clients do something similar when they start with me. They do like a journaling exercise about their limiting beliefs and I make them write down Same. all of those lies. And then I make them mm-hmm. also take the time to like, I learned this from Jen Chinchero, actually, that just stopping and like 
first, like just like that acknowledging where you're at because we create these lies to like protect ourselves, right? Like they serve a purpose. And so it's not supposed to turn into a self-loathing exercise. It's, you know, right. sit there and acknowledge like, why do you have this false belief or why do you have this false truth about yourself? And like, how is it serving you? Because it is, or else you wouldn't be clinging to it and acknowledge that and like give that its gratitude. But then you have to like, let that go and replace it with those thoughts of whatever it is you're trying to get to, like circling back to where we started. Like, why can't you achieve that? Because if you take everything we talked about today in terms of where you're at now and have full ownership for how you got there, but then you look at these places you want to go and stop telling yourself that you can't get there, that's going to make a huge difference. And, you know, I do want to just touch on that, you know, I think that we're all well aware that there are different things that can get in your way. There's different levels of your privilege and where you come from and what your class is and different economic situations you've been in. And I don't want to ever undermine any of that. I know that all of our experiences of where we are are totally different, but it still comes down to like, if you are not doing everything in your power in that scenario to move forward, that's still on you. Your ability to where you move might change based on that, but you can't just let yourself sit in whatever that situation is, no matter what that situation is. Because I know that there's a lot of people that worry about that, or, you know, this has been your trajectory, this has been your family. We have to look at how many people have come from absolutely nothing and risen to where they are. And that came from that insane lack or that saying not lack that, that insane just power of self-belief. And if you don't start there, you're not going to go anywhere. And people are going to doubt you. Like everyone is going to doubt you. They're going to think that you're insane. You have to do the shit that is going to lose people along the way. And that sucks. And that's often what holds people back. But if you don't ever give up on yourself, that's what's most important. Because at the end of it, no matter how many people you lose, yourself is what you've always got. So why not go all in on it? Yeah. People pleasing is just another form of lying, right? Yep. I'm recovering. I was the worst of that for the better part of a decade. I literally lived inside of people pleasing. Yep. So other people thought, right? There was this external need for validation and so many people have it. And um, it's crazy. I was talking to, you guys know Christian Diaz. I was talking to him last night and he's a client mm-hmm. of ours. And he's asking me like, dude, like, at what point do you not feel weird about being alone? He's like, I feel like for so long, like I just wanted to be around people and now I just want to be alone. And I'm like, <laughs> Welcome to the next level of your journey, dude. Like, yep. <laughs> kind of embrace this. I don't want to call it loneliness. I don't think that's the right word, but you embrace being alone. Oh my God. Yeah. You Feel actually that. find, you find peace with it and you recognize there's no need for anyone else's opinions or anyone else's validation. And you realize the only validation I need is being alone. And, and that becomes the ultimate strength. It becomes the ultimate foundation from which all success is built. And you, if you look at any really successful person, I think they all have that same like impenetrable thought, which is that they just don't give up. Right. And I think that that's like one of the most appealing traits of a human being. Like, have you ever noticed the, I know we probably got to wrap up soon, but have you ever noticed in like groups of people where somebody will go and they'll isolate and people will talk to them. And mm-hmm. like, why is that person so okay being on their own? Mm-hmm. And like, you want them to engage with you so badly because you're like, I, you want that. You want to be able to be that person. I love to go on vacation on my own and sit in like the room or sit. Like I went on a staycation two weeks ago on my own. I just went down to the hotel and got a hotel room for four nights and sat on my balcony and overlooked the water. And I was, I was chill, dude. Like dinner by myself. Like I was, life was good. And yeah. I, there's so much peace in that because I'm so, I'm so at peace with my thoughts. I'm so at peace with the vision. I know that I'm responsible for everything I haven't achieved, but I know I will be responsible for everything I do achieve. That's, that's an amazing place to get to. It's evolution. I have a long way to go, but I'm a long way to go. I think yeah. that's part of the evolution is you, no matter how far you get, you know, you still have a long way to yeah. go. Amen. Yep. Amen. Happy, but that? hungry, happy, but hungry. That's what I always say for sure. Well, Jason, this was absolutely amazing. You brought so much value here for our listeners and we just, we are so thankful to have you on. So First thing, so we have we have one important question that we ask all of our yeah. all of our guests is <laughs> switching the topic here a little yeah. bit. We need to know what is your favorite carbohydrate source? <laughs> oh man, I know That's it's really, tough. Pure enjoyment. Question: <laughs> Chocolate chip cookies. Okay, we can do that. Oh, like, I have. I'm so unattached to food. If I'm being super <laughs> honest, like. And I think that's something I'm really proud of. Hell yeah. If you would have asked me this like five years ago, I would have had a definitive answer because I would have had such a connection to food and been like, this is what I love. And like, 
I'm so unattached to food. And it, listen, it manifests itself in several negative ways too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't eat enough or whatever, but like, like, okay, I'll give you a better answer. It's probably potatoes because <laughs> I can have them in like hash browns, yeah. like mashed potatoes, like oh, yeah. French fries. Like it's gotta be potatoes. Easily. I expected it to be pizza for you, but that kind of covers many macros rather than carbs. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, listen, if you're asking my favorite food, it's pizza. It's, right. Pizza. Okay. All right. All right. Three meals a day, seven days a week, hundred percent. Potatoes for carbs is good though. Yeah. They are versatile. Easily. And then plug yourself, like tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on and just any little nugget that you want to leave us with. Yeah. And remind uh, them of that text offer. Yeah. Yes. I'm going to give everybody my number first, which is um, 323-605-2332. That is my personal cell. Like they can confirm that. That's not We can some, put that in the show notes too for you guys. Yeah. That's yeah. not like, that's not some. Kara and I have it. If anybody can't figure it out from that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Just guys, just text me, remind me, I'll give away 10 spots to Nashville. If anybody wants to find me on um, Instagram at Jason Phillips is nutrition. Just send me a DM. Tell me it was this podcast. I would love to say that I answer absolutely every single DM that comes to me, but I promise I get entirely too many right now. But if you guys reference this show, I promise you I will 100% respond. So I appreciate each and every message. I appreciate the questions. I appreciate the ability to serve and to love and to help. But yeah, just reference the show in any way I can help you or just text me. That's super cool. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Anything you want to leave our listeners with? Any nugget of advice? Yeah. Just why not you? Like wherever you are right now, like why the fuck not you? The world shows us no, shows us like nothing in the last year. There's nothing certain. So why not? Why not take a chance? Why not make an investment? Why not do some work? Why not go build epic shit? Like or why not stay the fucking same and tell everyone to fuck off, right? Because everybody has judgment around you for staying the same. Like maybe you want to stay the same. Dope. I love you. And if that's the case, like stop bitching about wanting other shit. Stay the same yeah. and be happy. Like mm-hmm. stop trying to fulfill other people's things, but like, why not you? Why not ultimate happiness for you? And yep. if you find ultimate happiness, like then you win. Like you I love that. the game and you win the world. Yep. I think that this is so valuable just honestly for people to understand more about Kara and I as well on these podcasts, whenever we come on here. So we've now brought both of our mentors on here in fitness and business. And if you guys are paying attention, you're probably like, those are the people that tell you what to do. They're pretty intense in there. But, you know, we talked with both of them extensively about these uncomfortable conversations and pushing past these, primarily both of it. You know, you mentor us in business and Justin mentors us in fitness. But all of these conversations we had with both of you guys had a lot more to do with what's going on in our brains. And I think that's the secret that everyone's ignoring. So if you guys are looking at Kara and I as people that you look up to, like, these are things we have invested in. We brought you directly people that we have put our money and time into to get to this point. So don't forget that power of having that person that's going to push you and not being afraid to spend the money on that. So thank you so much, Jason, for giving them that insight on top of everything else that you shared today. It was yes. absolutely awesome. <laughs> yeah, guys, thanks for giving the platform. Thanks for doing what you do. I have a thing where anytime I go on a podcast, it's, it's never about me. It's about you guys. You guys are taking time out of your day, out of each week to show up, to pull people together, to serve and to give people a platform to get advice from. So I'm sure from every one of your listeners and myself included, the real thanks goes to you guys. So thank you guys for showing up. Thank you guys for putting this together. Thank you guys for doing what you do and serving and and loving and giving and and just paying it forward. So truly appreciate you guys. It's an epic opportunity and uh, I hope I can serve whoever listened to this. Heck yeah, of course. And you guys, if this podcast resonated with you, if you know someone that needs to hear this, please, 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 you know, tag us, share this on your stories. And as always, please leave us a five-star rating and review so we can keep spreading that impact and keep growing for you guys as well. We will talk to you all soon.